Hello, this is Bill Lytell again for some wisdom for your walk. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, it's not a secret, it's, it seems like a secret to some people for sure, but people often come to me and ask me, how, how have you managed to do well in the things of God for, you know, 44 years or so now? How have you... Uh, what 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 has been one of the secrets, if there is such a thing as a secret, of living for God? And I, I take you to First Timothy chapter four, verse six and seven. If thou put if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of a good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profit little, but godliness is profitable in all, unto all things, having the promise of life that now is and that which is to come. You say, Brother Bill, what in the world is this about? Well, let me help you. Early on in the ministry, I realized that I... Um, needed some help with my discipline. Now, you know, exercise requires discipline. The word there for exercise in the Greek is gymnazo. Um, anybody that exercises understands what I'm talking about right now. If you run three days a week, or if you go down to the gym and lift weights on a regular basis, or if you swim... Uh, on a disciplined, scheduled fashion, or really if you do anything uh, on a regular basis to help yourself, uh, you're going to have many, many of those days that you're scheduled to do it, you not want to do it, or other things are going to come up to stop you from going to the gym or to stop you from jogging or to stop you from doing the discipline. How, how about dieting? Dieting is a discipline. Exercise yourself to eat modestly and moderately. And you know, and maybe in Baptist camps, this is the one area that is the holy grail, overeating. I mean, we, we believe in not smoking, not drinking, not cussing, not acting ugly, not going to movie shows, you know, not watching pornography, not having immorality in our lives. And then we know as, as a group, the ninth fruit of the Spirit is uh, temperance, which is a self-discipline spiritually and physically. And yet, when we come to food, uh, we we don't seem to have a problem with uh, our folks getting 100, 150 pounds overweight, though all of the medical profession out there will tell you that that is simply killing yourself slowly, giving yourself diabetes, high blood pressure, stroke potential, uh, on and on. It goes bad knees, bad ankles from the weight, and just, just extra, so carrying all that weight around. And so it seems like it's okay to be obese. It's okay to be undisciplined in that area. But the Bible doesn't give us an out on that. We may give people an out on that, but the Bible doesn't give us an out. We're supposed to have the ninth fruit of the Spirit, which is temperance. That's of the Holy Ghost. That's one of his signs that he's there and working, is that we have temperance. And temperance in our weight, temperance in our work, temperance in our reading, Temperance in what we look at, every area of our life. We're to exercise yourself or thyself rather unto godliness. 
So as I looked at all this early on in my life, I thought, well, I'm going to have to have some help. I had listened to Jack Howes preach quite a bit, and I heard him say one time that his schedule was his master. And that interested me, and he went on in his sermon to explain his schedule and what he did. Now, he wrote 44 books in his life. He preached uh, 60,000 sermons. He traveled all over the United States and the world preaching. Uh, He had a church, one of the largest churches for a while in the United States and in the world. Um, And so God had blessed him with a Christian college, a school, bus ministry, 250 buses, I was there twice, 1978, 1992, saw it with my own eyes. It was a good ministry, old King James-backed, simple, independent Baptist ministry, straight up and down. How did it all happen? Part of it had to happen on discipline, exercising himself unto godliness. He decided in his life that he was going to have a schedule. In other words, basically, I am going to make my schedule my master to make up for my weak will to make up for the days that I didn't want to do it, the days that my body didn't want to do it, or somebody else was trying to interrupt me, or they were trying to schedule over the top of me. And and look, either you schedule your life, or somebody else is going to schedule it. And it'll be haphazard in and out. So I decided early on in the ministry that I was going to set uh, half a day Wednesday, all day Thursday, and all day Friday as my days with God. I was going to make it a time of prayer, a time of uh, seeking God's face, a time of study, a time of preparation, uh, a a time alone, very important. Nobody else with me, not my wife, not my kid, nobody else with me. I would be alone. In other words, I'd isolate myself for two and a half days a week to be just with God. God knew it. I knew it. We, We had it set up when I come into my office in the morning, I try to get in at 8 o'clock and uh, work at least and stay at least till 5 o'clock, many, many times past that. And so that has kept me in tremendous stead, has helped my preaching quality to be deeper, has helped my creativity to be wider, has helped my spiritual walk to be pure, has allowed me to push off all of the pressure that comes on you to do everything else but what's right to do. See, see, the important will stand by quietly and wait while the urgent screams and yells. The urgent will come in and go, oh, you got to go visit a guy. You got to go do this. got to go do that. got to go do that. Half of the time I scheduled my, my days with God would have been gone had I given in to the urgent. But the important will set back and just wait. It'll get put off. But I decided I was not going to let the important get put off by the urgent. I was going to make the important the important. Being with God two and a half days a week was not um, unreasonable. And I let the deacons know what my schedule was. I let my secretaries know what my schedule was. I let my staff know what my schedule was. I said, don't call me. Leave me alone unless it's an absolute emergency. And we defined what that was. And um, I, that would be the only reason to break it. And I, I had... Um, I can say this to you, that this has been one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. One of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Uh, I had to refuse all kinds of other philosophies uh, and exercise myself unto godliness. I had to say this, that being with God and praying and, and meditating and fellowshipping with God and preparing my messages for Sunday was simply the single most important thing 
in my life that I was going to do as a pastor. Now you understand I'm a full-time pastor. I got a guy that's going to work, you know, eight to five, eight to six, five days a week. I get it, you know, but you're going to have to do the same thing in, in the evenings or you won't have any evenings with God at all. You won't pray at all. You won't read at all because somehow you got to set a schedule where you're going to read your Bible, a schedule that you're going to ask God to communicate with you, a schedule that you're going to soul win, a schedule that you're going to do all these good things that are out there. So I hope this helps you some. You've been struggling reading your Bible. I know people, they never can read their Bible through because they're just too haphazard. Schedules come, they won't allow, they won't discipline themselves uh, with a schedule and let the schedule be their master. And that, that schedule, meaning reading like three chapters a day of the Bible, they just won't do it. They let other stuff interrupt. Don't you be, be disciplined, be exercised in the things of godliness. And man, I'm going to tell you, they have fruit both now and eternally in the things of God. So I hope this helps you some. I mean, you can fill in the blanks on it, but make your schedule your master. Be careful when you do it. You're not unreasonable. You're not crazy, but make it doable, a doable schedule that God will honor and that, and that would be honored for all eternity. Now, I'm, down, I'm 50 years in the ministry now. I'm way down the road. Am I so glad that I did that? I'm so glad that I didn't go fishing those days or go do anything else those days, or make do do either even even ministry work those days, but did the work that God had asked me to do as a pastor here at the Gospel Baptist Church, and I believe it's paid off in dividends beyond description. God bless you. Here's some wisdom for your walk.